Welcome. My name is Marcelo Carcach. I am the pastor of Iglesia Conexiones, a Spanish name that means Connections Church. We are a bilingual and Baptist church in Jessup, Maryland. If you would like to learn more about the church, please visit our website, iglesiaconexiones.org. I shared this message a few weeks ago with Iglesia Conexiones, the church where I minister. It means Connections Church. And um, I thought it would be important for me to share this message with you too, with you, the listener, because it is an important message for the church of today. It is something that every believer needs to seek in his personal life and in the life of the church. It is a message that has the potential to transform everything we do and the way we live. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ already. And so I want to share this with you. It is uh, a message that I hope to apply to my ministry at Iglesia Conexiones, but it is also a message that I hope will define me in the way that I live from here on now. And so with that, let's go ahead and open our Bibles to Acts chapter 11, verses 17 through 18. I read for you from the English Standard Version. It says, If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So what is happening in this message? Well, Peter is telling the church at Jerusalem what had happened, what he had experienced what Gentiles had experienced uh, through his ministry. And in this passage, Peter tells them that he had been praying. He tells the church he had been praying, and that was in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. And while he had been praying, he became hungry, and obviously he, he asked someone for food, and people began to prepare food for him while he was still praying and still experiencing hunger. And while he was doing these things and waiting for the food, Peter fell into a trance and he had a vision. You can read the vision in chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. The vision was that he saw uh, like a sheet. Uh, coming down from heaven and in this sheet being lowered from heaven there were all kinds of animals and Peter 
was told, Peter, kill and eat. Now, Peter did not want to kill and eat those animals because those animals were not kosher. They were not ceremonially clean according to the diet that God had commanded the people of ancient Israel in the law of Moses. And then when Peter refused to eat, he was told, what God has made clean, call not unclean. And so this happened about three times, and then the sheet was pulled back up to heaven. Now, <clears throat> after his vision, Peter was left wondering what this whole thing men, meant. But then there came some men, and they stood at the gate of the house where Peter was, and they were looking for Peter. And the Spirit spoke to Peter and told him to go with these men because he had sent them. So Peter went with the men, and they arrived to the house of Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was not Jewish like Peter, like the early Christian believers, the, the early believers who followed Jesus Christ and who had been present at Pentecost. Cornelius was a proselyte of Judaism, but he was a Gentile. He was not Jewish. That was not his race. However, Cornelius had seen a vision as well. And in this vision, an angel told him to go and seek for a man named Peter, because Peter was going to tell him all the things that uh, he needed to do to believe to be saved. And so Peter now understood what he was to do, so he shared the gospel with Cornelius. He understood the vision. Peter finally understood the vision. And he explained it in uh, verses 28 and verses 34 through 35 of Acts 10. He understood that this was a reference not to food, but to people. The vision was about people. The vision was about how God had cleaned these people. He had purified them. And therefore, he should no longer see them as unclean. So Peter shared the gospel with these men, and the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles, on Cornelius and his friends. And seeing what had happened, Peter commanded that these men would be baptized. So from now on, Peter understood because these people had received the Holy Spirit, because they had believed in Jesus Christ and then received the Holy Spirit, he was no longer to treat them as, as unclean. But instead, he was to see them as fellow believers in Jesus Christ. Now, later on, Peter arrived to the church in Jerusalem and he was criticized because he had spent time eating with Gentiles, with Cornelius and his family and friends. And this takes place in Acts chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. 
Why was he criticized? Well, because as the passage records, the, the people of the circumcision, who were also, by the way, believers in Jesus Christ. I mean, they're, they're members of the church in Jerusalem, but they still haven't understood all things yet concerning the gospel and concerning the church and concerning the body of Christ. They don't know God's plan. Uh, they think that, you know, the gospel of Jesus is only for Jews. Uh, they, 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 they're still thinking that, you know, this is a largely Jewish movement in Israel. And, and that was it. They, they, uh, their main task was to believe in Jesus and wait for Jesus to return and establish his kingdom in Israel. But, but, Peter then explained to them what had happened. Peter explained why he had broken with the tradition of not eating with Gentiles. And he explains everything that we just covered, how he prayed, how he fell into a trance and saw a vision and then the men came and then he shared the gospel. And then after he finished sharing the gospel, the Holy Spirit came on the, on the Gentiles and they had to be baptized. And so Peter also added that he remembered the word of the Lord. That's in verse 16. He remembered the word of the Lord, what Jesus had taught them. And so that's what we read in Acts chapter 11, verses 17 through 18, that if then God, that's Peter speaking, if then God gave the same gift to them, the Gentiles, to Cornelius, as he gave to us, that's Peter and his Jewish fellow believers, when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the gift that he gave was the Holy Spirit, who was I that I could stand in God's way? And when they, the people in the church, the Jewish believers in Jesus Christ, when they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So this was unexpected to them. They probably thought that Jesus' instructions to go and preach the gospel of all nations, to all nations, was... was uh, to all Jewish people scattered throughout the world. But but now they realize this was also for the Gentiles, for, for those who were not Jewish. And so now we must ask ourselves, well, what does this passage teach? It taught Peter what the gospel to the Gentiles was. If you think about it, because these Jewish disciples of Jesus Christ is early Jewish believers in Jesus Christ uh, because they thought this whole enterprise of the gospel was only for Israel, only for the Jews. They didn't understand the, the power of the gospel to make an impact in the gentle world. They probably thought, you know, eventually the Gentiles will get saved through some other means. But now it was clear that the gospel was for the Gentiles too. So, so this passage, these events, taught Peter and taught the church what the gospel to the Gentiles was. And the gospel to the Gentiles was the same gospel 
that was for the Jews initially. It is that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that he rose from the dead, and that by faith in him we receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. This passage also teaches us today, about 2,000 years later, it teaches us the history of how God began to reach out to the Gentiles. Think about it for a, for, for a moment. Uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ uh, walked on this earth, he walked mainly in Israel, right? I mean, there were some times that he spent in, in Egypt. I think there were similar times that he spent in Syria. But he was mainly in Israel. And his ministry was mainly to the Jewish people. And then when the disciples uh, received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, they mainly preached to Jewish people, Jews who had come to Jerusalem from all uh, parts of the world where they lived. Uh, and uh, these, these, these disciples, they had not, not started reaching out to Gentiles because they didn't understand this message was also for Gentiles. But this then, this event in Acts 10 and, and in Acts 11 is the beginning of how God began to reach out to the Gentiles through the preaching of the gospel. And this passage also teaches, well, it taught, it taught the first church, it taught those original believers that they needed to break with tradition and be led by the Spirit. They needed to break with tradition. Traditions can be a good thing when they help us to keep God's Word. So, because Jewish believers in the Old Testament had been given a command not to eat certain things, like shrimp and crabs and, and all those uh, tasty a shellfish that we like to eat here in Maryland, um, because they have been taught, uh, instructed by God not to eat those things, they developed a tradition of not eating with Gentiles, and this tradition helped them obey God's word. But now something new was happening. God had established a new covenant and he was going to operate through that new covenant, covenant uh, both in, in Israel, among Jewish believers, and in the rest of the world, in the gentle world. And, and so these disciples now had to break with this tradition of not eating with Gentiles because this tradition would hold them back from obeying God's word, God's new revelation. And so sometimes it is necessary for us to break with traditions. Traditions can be a good thing, but they're a bad thing when they prevent us from following the direction of the Spirit. A tradition can be useful if it helps us to abide by God's Word. But if the Holy Spirit now gives us a new direction a new way to follow, then that tradition is no longer useful 
and we have to set it aside, we have to push it away from our lives and follow what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. Now, I do want to clarify that the gospel and the faith, the Christian faith, has been revealed. It is what's going to remain with us uh, until the Lord Jesus Christ returns and until uh, and, and for all eternity. So, so there's no new revelation that's going to be given uh, for us. Um, <laughs> so so it, it's important to clarify those things. There was an Old Testament, there was an Old Covenant, and now there is a New Covenant. But this New Covenant is eternal, is forever. We know that because the Old Testament taught about this New Covenant that was going to take place. And then the New Testament teaches about this New Covenant that was uh, formed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is no going, not going to be any new revelation that tells us Hey, there's a new covenant. No, this, this is it. But in our personal lives, in our lives as churches, there can be still many traditions that hold us back from the direction in which the Spirit leads us through God's Word, the Bible, and through uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit itself. And this is a topic that we will develop later on. But notice that Peter said that he remembered the words of the Lord. He remembered what Jesus had taught concerning the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so here we, we see that biblical principles have to inform our experience and confirm that the Spirit is leading us in a particular direction. So, so I want to be clear about this. The Spirit can lead you and will lead you in your life, but there have to be biblical principles and there has to be biblical doctrine that complements and backs up the direction in which the Holy Spirit is leading you. So, in this case, God had given prophecies that there will be a new covenant that people would be baptized, all flesh would be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and that uh, God was going to uh, also give salvation uh, to the Gentiles. And all these can be found in the prophets of the Old Testament. So the direction in which the Spirit was leading Peter and the church was a direction already revealed in the Bible. So I have to be clear in this point uh, because, you know, people could make mistakes and think, you know, they're being led by the Spirit in a completely different direction and that direction is away from the gospel and the new covenant and, and the doctrine of the Bible and, and that wouldn't be the Holy Spirit leading them because the Spirit is the author of the Bible. He is the one that gave the Bible, so he's not going to contradict himself. So this has to be clear. But the Spirit can lead us as churches and can lead us in uh, our personal lives. And, and when He does that, and, and there is biblical doctrine backing all this up, this, this leading of the Spirit, 
then we have to be willing to put away traditions, the traditions of men, and embrace what God is leading us to do. And so these are the things to, that we learn. We need to pray. And this is why we're going to be talking about prayer for several weeks at Conexiones. And this is why I'm going to be sharing with you these messages on prayer. Because prayer has to be a big part of your life. And then we need to wait for the Spirit to lead us. You have to be careful about thinking that the Spirit is leading you in that direction when He's actually not leading you. That can happen. You, you can get confused. We're going to talk about all those things, but you have to wait patiently for the Spirit to clearly lead you and clearly direct you through the Bible and through His own inward testimony that He gives us as believers. And we'll talk about that later on. And we need to break with traditions that hold us back from doing the work of God in our lives and in the lives of our church. And then we need to obey. We need to obey what God is doing in our lives and what God is leading us to do. And so I hope that you see the relevance and the importance of this message. Some of you will understand this and accept it more easily than others because you come from different backgrounds, uh, theological backgrounds, different uh, traditions. And this is what I'm talking about. You, you have to be able to put away these traditions and begin to think biblically about your personal walk of faith with the Lord and your church's personal walk of faith with the Lord. The things that God wants to do through you and through your church can be and should be backed up by biblical doctrine, but let's be real. If God is, is leading you in the direction to send missionaries to Uganda, just, just as an example, uh, there is nothing in the Bible that's going to tell you God wants your specific church to go and send missionaries to Uganda. Or there's nothing in the Bible that's going to say that uh, God wants you to become a missionary to Uganda. This is just an extreme example. It could be anything else. But but what I'm saying is there's, you're not going to find those specific verses in the Bible, but there's going to be definitely there's going to be a biblical doctrine that backs up this direction. But you're going to have to seek the direction of the Holy Spirit in regards to these things. And, and you're not going to find it straight from the Bible. So, so how do you find this direction? Where do you get this direction from? And that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, in the coming in the coming months or weeks in church, but before we do that, we we have to talk about prayer, because as we see the pattern here is that Peter was first praying, and then he was led by the Spirit, and, and this has to be true in our lives too, and in the lives of our churches. The Spirit wants to lead us, but we need to pray. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. I hope that you will be willing to uh, leave behind your traditions and begin to think biblically about um, your personal walk of faith with the Lord. 
and your church's walk of faith with the Lord. May God bless and may he use this message in your life and in the life of your church.